0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Today on the bye week, we're looking at the Dolphins roster. We're updating some of our perceived notions as far as how good the players starting in each spot are. And we're going to compare the Dolphins roster up against the rest of the 2022 NFL teams based on the play through the first 10 weeks of the 2022 season.
1: You are Locked on Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. We don't just say it, we live it. Appreciate you guys making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and uh, co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, and excited to revisit something that we did in the summer or, or in the build-up to the start of the regular season. Uh, And I thought this would be a good thing for us to do on the bye week. First of all, I wanted to give everybody a couple more days to get any power to the pod questions in this week. So we'll do that on Friday this week. Obviously, we don't have crossover Thursday tomorrow because the Dolphins are playing the bye week this weekend. So uh, I don't think we have locked on bye week. I think that's the one thing that we don't have. So uh, getting instead a chance to kind of look across the Dolphins within themselves and their own little ecosystem and then compare that ecosystem across the 32 team landscape from the uh, roster power rankings project. And we did this over at draft network uh, September 1st, I think is when it ran. Uh, but we put all the players on all the rosters across all 32 teams into a series of buckets. And then we held those. Um, we, we accounted for positional value. We accounted for injuries. We, uh, but pretty much the higher your bucket, the more points you scored. And then there was a positional value weight that that carries everything out. And you add all up all the totals. And it gives you kind of this end ranking of one through 32 position adjusted. How good is your roster? How much talent have you acquired? And I think it's really important perspective for uh, us as Dolphins fans, to kind of look across because we're so, so in the weeds with what's happening with the Dolphins on a weekly basis. Talking about, man, no Byron Jones, Cater Kohu's a baller, but is, is Zavian Howard, Kader Kohu, uh, Keon Crossan, and Justin Bet. Like, is that enough with Noah Benogany? Like, the, the corner room's problematic. But... You look across the rest of the landscape, and what you realize very quickly is Xavier Howard is a big divide to have, even when he's been dealing with the the groin injuries that he's been working with. You look over on the offensive side of the ball, and the first month of the season or so, there was a lot of discussions around the offensive line and the quality of the offensive line, and if Connor Williams was good enough. and you got Robert Hunt and Teron Armstead, but the swing tackle position, you could put it into perspective pretty quickly. With this kind of project, and that's what I am looking forward to doing here on the show is updating what our preconceived motions are notions were, and talking about some of the significant changes that the Dolphins have had take place, and and how it ranks it impacts their rank and their standing across the entire NFL um, in each of these positional categories, and then of course how the Dolphins roster stacks up to the rest of the NFL. So. I say all that to, to kind of get us started with, you have to know where you're coming from, right? So I have the preseason rankings up as, as the first talking point and the dolphins ranked seventh in the NFL. And this doesn't account for coaching. It doesn't account for strength of schedule. Doesn't account for home and away. Doesn't account for travel. Doesn't count for, for any of that. It's just the players that are available and on your 53 man roster, how talented is your roster? The Dolphins were seventh. Um, The Dolphins with the update that we just did that we're going to be running for the draft network this week. uh, We're going to do the full 32 team power rankings. The Dolphins check in fourth. So they're up three spots. They're up to the fourth most talented roster adjusted for positional value in the entire NFL in accordance to our film study right and it's a subjective grade and I kind of embrace and welcome the subjectivity but it's cool when you see uh the subjectivity that, that you are trying to work your way through and apply marry up and match the results on the field so uh, I'll do the top 10 from before the start of the season we can talk about some of these teams and um how they've how their seasons have progressed um but, but I think it, it holds up fairly well uh, before you account for injuries. Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, were ranked first in this exercise, the Cincinnati Bengals, number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three, the LA Chargers, four, the Green Bay Packers, five. That's your first kind of really ugly one, them sitting at four and six. Of course, the Chargers and, and Bucks at five and five, and the Bengals at five and four, but – um all kind of de- dealing with varying degrees of injuries. The Kansas City Chiefs at six. They're, of course, a half a game in front of the Dolphins for first place in the AFC Conference for 10 weeks. The Dolphins at seven. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at eight. The Philadelphia Eagles at nine. And then the Minnesota Vikings at ten. So some good football teams tucked in here. The Packers are the only one with a losing record at this point in the season. Um, but again, this doesn't count for strength of difficulty. And I, I look at the games that the Dolphins have lost. Right, Well, they lost to the team that coming into the season, we had rated it as the number two most challenging game on the schedule. The Jets, obviously, the Jets game is the Jets game, and then they lost to the team that was ranked 10th, the Minnesota Vikings. So in the update, and we're going to get into the Dolphins roster here after we kind of set the stage on where the Dolphins team total fits, and then we'll go through each of the Dolphins positional uh, units and how they stack. Uh, Dolphins are in fourth place. They sit behind the Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is it. They are narrowly in front of the Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens, and then the Chargers, Bucks, Bengals, kind of reflecting of their injuries that they have occurred and have been working with. And then the San Francisco 49ers uh, sit at 10, and of course they traded for Christian McCaffrey, so they had a big big influx there. They've lost some some players defensively, but they, they largely have all their cornerstone players. The Chargers, for example, they, they have Joey Bosa out for an extended period of time. That hurts their ranking. So this is kind of a, as we reflect on where the teams are, and that's where I get excited for the Dolphins. You get Byron Jones back, they'll probably, I, I tell you, they probably won't. They will, they would jump the Chiefs from a talent perspective, if you get Byron Jones back, I'm not going to sit here and say that Byron Jones is coming back. Uh, but the, the Dolphins increasing their team, their, their roster total by about a point is worth the 10th highest jump from the start of the season till mid season. Like green Bay, they, they lost seven and a half points. They went from a 25 to a 17, uh, pretty significant drop there. Uh, the Bengals and Bucks dealing with some significant injuries. The Bengals, uh, Ch- Chidobe Woozy out uh, for the season. DJ Reader's missed time. So you you kind of get a snapshot on okay, here's here's how attrition has hit these teams. I think the Dolphins making the moves that they did in adding Jeff Wilson and adding Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline uh, certainly put them in a position to say, hey, we're we're kind of treading water because we had some players who were improved. Uh, or, or were incomplete evaluations that we didn't give a grade to, and, and that's the next stage of this conversation, um, that have declared themselves as good players, kind of offset the attrition and losses that you had in the secondary. Well, now those additions of Chubb and Wilson actually mean this Dolphins roster, despite the attrition that they have taken on, is improved relative to the rest of the NFL. Hope you guys are enjoying this conversation, but before we go any further, Got to talk to you about our friends over at Turo, the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and soon coming to Australia as well. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, get a classic or luxury car for a special event or a holiday, find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Many Turo hosts will even deliver the car right to you, Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: So let's talk about the Dolphins and specifically how things have changed for the Dolphins since the last time we did this exercise. Tua Tonga was considered an adequate level starter in the offseason. Not anymore. Uh, I think if you put the quarterbacks based on performance, resume, sample size, physical attributes, uh, Tua Tonga Valoa, I have him down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventh quarterback in the NFL right now. That's pretty significant jump from he was kind of in a crowd of, of guys that you could all give the same score to. He's earned that with his play on the field this season. And of course, yes, the sample size is small. Um, even just if you look at this season in its entirety relative to the rest of it, and we understand why the rest of his career resume to this point doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies. And we understand there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that that fed into that. But Tua to Tonga Valoa right now across the entire NFL ranking as a top eight quarterback. And and um, that's reflected and that's a large part of the boost that the Dolphins receive is is the emergence of Tua. Because I remember in the summertime when we looked at the Dolphins roster, I said if you omit the quarterback position itself, And you look at supporting cast, defense and offensive speaking, uh, the Dolphins were top three in the NFL. Well, now you have a top eight quarterback to go with <laughs> that strong supporting cast that has gotten reinforcements on both sides of the ball. And that's how the Dolphins end up getting spit out in the grand scheme of things as a top four talent roster from a roster power rankings perspective. Uh, we do have the Dolphins sitting at fifth from a um, skill players perspective. Uh, the 49ers coming in in first place with, with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk as their wide receivers, George Kittle and Kyle Yuzchek as their tight end types. Uh, and the, the addition of an elite back and Christian McCaffrey puts them in a position to take the top spot. Uh, the Vikings checking in it too. They have. One of the best receivers in the NFL in Justin Jefferson. Uh, they have a couple adequate starters in Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne behind him, but they went out the trade deadline and got a quality starter in TJ Hawkinson at the tight end position, and then another elite back in Dalvin Cook. That's what I'll say for the Dolphins. Um, they've got good depth and they've got scheme specific type talents that are highly effective. When we saw this for the first time against the Browns with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Um, the Dolphins are the only team to have two elite franchise cornerstone players at the wide receiver position in the entire NFL. So if you're looking just at wide receivers, the Dolphins' wide receiver core is the best in the NFL in this exercise. Um, if you missed the uh, initial discussion in the summertime, would like to set the table for you guys with um, how we break down the The players, you have elites, franchise cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, incomplete evaluations, rookies, quality depth, replacement level players, non-roster caliber players and developmental practice squad type players. Um, But we are far enough into the season, for example, that Cater Kohu, he's a rookie and when we did this in the summer, well, rookies, we don't have any definitive things to say, no statements, no film to base anything on. So you just, you get a net zero, right? It's not positive. It's not negative. It's an incomplete portion and incomplete evaluations also were a net zero. So that was every team. The more of those players you had, the more upward and downward mobility you had based on the way that the season had went. So Cater Kohu, who is a rookie, was scored a net zero, but he's scoring as the floor is a minimum star is, is an adequate starter. Um, I think if you you project him long-term in this slot, I think he could be a quality starter in the slot. Um, But just using him as an example, and the Dolphins didn't have a ton of incomplete evaluations. Uh, Jalen Phillips was somebody who um, you could make a strong case for being an incomplete evaluation, but just to be clear. Clear the players that I did score for the Dolphins as roster elite, roster cornerstones. Uh, Tyreek Hill, no surprise. Jalen Waddell uh, has earned that distinction. Xavier Howard. Bradley Chubb, acquired at the trade deadline. Javon Holland. Christian Wilkins. Teron Armstead. It is a total of one, two, three. I'm not a math guy. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. That is tied for the most of any roster in the NFL. So the weight those players carry as far as significant individual needle movers, and I've already said Tua Tongvalo is a quality star. And if he plays the rest of the year, the way that he is playing right now, and we update this at the end of the regular season, two is going to have a chance to be an elite roster cornerstone as well. Um, But I'd always rather be like incrementally too slow instead of having overly dramatic swings of the pendulum back and forth. And Oh, he played really well last two months. Oh, he didn't finish quite so strong. So I got to scale him back down. And um, so that level and progression is there at that position. But uh, with, with the seven roster cornerstones that the dolphins have, they are, hide from most in NFL. And as I said, from a wide receiver perspective, because they have two elite cornerstone players, they're comfortably the best uh, in the NFL. Now, offensive line, I think is interesting. If Teron armstead or, Teron armstead graded as a elite roster cornerstone, Liam Eikenberg, if he's in there and he's not right now because he's on IR, um, I moved him out of incomplete evaluation and graded him as a replacement-level player. But uh, Robert Jones, I think is his floor is a quality depth piece. I think he can continue to grow. Uh, we'll see if he gets that opportunity. So I have elite roster cornerstone, quality depth at left guard. Connor Williams and Robert Hunt are both quality starters. So the second tier, just don't, just below roster cornerstones. Uh, Brandon Shell is an adequate starter. Your swing tackle, of course, is Greg Little. I graded him as a replacement-level player as well. This Dolphins offensive line, according to this exercise and this approach with subjectivity for film, it, it ranks as the ninth in the NFL. Ninth rated offensive line. And, and to compare that, to give you guys some, some context, uh, we'll, we'll use the Raiders as an example because they're a team that really struggles up front. They have an adequate starter at left tackle. They have a replacement-level player at left guard. They have two quality depth players serving as starters, and they have a rookie on their offensive line. They do not have a single quality starter on the offensive line. The Bengals, Jonah Williams, is a replacement-level player. Cordell Volson, left left guard, is a rookie. And then you have Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Lyle Collins, who all graded as adequate-level starters. They also do not have a single quality starter On their offensive line, the LA Rams, one of the worst offensive lines in football right now, they do have two quality starters, but they pair that with two practice squad caliber players and a replacement level player. So you have two quality starters, a replacement level player, and two practice squad caliber talents on your offensive line. Miami, you know, you've got three quality starters plus and four adequate starters plus dolphins offensive line from a talent perspective looks to be in pretty good shape right now and that's reinforced with the way that they're playing. Um, just for context, uh, I thought you guys would appreciate to know uh, one of the teams that we've two of the teams that we've played in the last three weeks actually sit in the top eight AK above the Dolphins for offensive lines. Uh, the Browns with wills betonio Posich, Wyatt Teller and Jack Conklin those are all, The floor is adequate starters. you got three adequate starters on that offensive line. Uh, An elite player in Wyatt Teller who was banged up and and was kind of in and out of the game against the Dolphins and the Joel Batonio is a quality starter. And then the Detroit Lions. Uh, Penny Sewell is a roster cornerstone. Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow is quality starters. Jonah Jackson is an adequate starter. They kind of have a musical chairs thing going on at right guard. But I thought you got the context of the Dolphins' offensive line ranks Top 10 in the NFL, according to this exercise. based And that's an adjustment. You know they, they were in the mid-teens, closer to 20 when we did this in the summertime. But based off a 10-game sample size, re-watching the film, and readjusting how you're scoring the players, it's a top 10 graded offensive line, strictly speaking, from a talent perspective. The skill group in its entirety, fullbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, top five in the NFL. Tua Tungvaloa rated as the seventh quarterback in the NFL. It's a good offense. It's the reason why this team with Tua Tungvaloa at the helm is averaging about 30 points a game. There's some interesting stories, storylines on the defensive side of the ball as well uh, that I certainly think are worth our time that we'll dive into next, but not before. Let everybody know about our friends over at LinkedIn and what they can do for you. These days, every potential new hire feels like a high-stakes wager on your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can have the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked That's locked LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Betonline is your number one stop for anything and everything. Sports gambling. Get all the latest odds, trends, info, stats, news, analysis for every pro- professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer to esports. We got it all over at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those over at Bet Online as well. Fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Defensively, uh, the Dolphins do take a little bit of a hit because Emmanuel Agba um, placed on IR, although Agba was graded as a uh, adequate level starter. He came into the season as a quality starter, so he actually was downgraded uh, based on the performance, and I understand he played through some injuries. Uh, but the good news is I-, I thought a player who was an incomplete evaluation in my mind uh, was Andrew Van Ginkle just because he had always been so highly rotational with his availability. So you got Andrew Van Ginkle, who was an upgrade to a, an adequate starter. You got Melvin Ingram, who at this stage in his career is an adequate starter. I think you have Jalen Phillips as a quality starter and more upward mobility waiting for him. And then Bradley Chubb, who's a roster cornerstone because he's a more established player. Inside on the defensive line, Christian Wilkins is a roster cornerstone. Zach Sealer, I would grade as a quality starter. And then your third the interior defensive lineman is Raquan Davis, he's an adequate starting nose tackle in the NFL. The Dolphins have the best graded defensive line in the NFL in this project. Number one. They're just in front of the Philadelphia Eagles, which have an embarrassment of riches with Robert Quinn, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, all quality starters at defensive end. Javon Hargrave, rookie Jordan Davis, who's playing impactful football for them. Obviously, he's a little banged up. He's missing a little bit of time right now. Uh, and then Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams are their third and fourth interior defensive linemen. That is an extremely impressive group. The Dolphins can go toe-to-toe with anybody up front. And I understand the questions. Oh, what about the sacks? Again, th- th- there's a lot that goes into sacks and pressures. The Dolphins sacked Jacoby Brissett three times yesterday, and they were all over him. For an example, just want to back this up. One of the things that I've been charting since this became – a discussion point in the narrative is I'm looking across the entire NFL and I'm looking at opposing quarterbacks that the dolphins have on the schedule. And I want to know across their entire season, what their time to throw and what their depth of target is on the year. And then I want to know what those numbers time to throw from snap to release of the ball on average, across all attempts and depth of target, how many yards down the field, your average target is across all of your attempts in a game. I want to know what it is against the Dolphins. And I don't know what the difference is. And I'll tell you this. uh, Quarterbacks facing the Dolphins through 10 weeks. weeks—Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Jacoby Brissett. Their average time, their cumulative, all of those quarterbacks on all of the attempts that they have made this season on average is 2.85 seconds in every game that they have played. But in the individual games in which they are playing the Dolphins, their average snap to release is 2.66 seconds, a.k.a. 20% or or two-tenths of a second faster they're throwing the ball against the Dolphins than their complete season average. Think about that. 2.66 seconds versus 2.85 Their average depth of target is marginally shorter. It's about a tenth of a yard, so there's not any significant difference. But what's really fun for me is to be able to put this up here and compare and contrast um, the weeks in which the Dolphins force a quarterback to hold the ball equal to or longer than they usually do versus the quarterbacks who get out and throw the ball abnormally quicker than what they do when they're playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins' three best statistical performances from a sacks and an attempts with pressure perspective on the season were the three games in which the Dolphins had the time to throw most closely reflected or longer than the season average for that player. Josh Allen held the ball for 2.87 seconds in week three versus an average time to throw on the year of 2.79. So it was almost a tenth of a second longer. And his average depth of target against the Dolphins was only 5.7 yards, so holding it for almost three seconds to to average less than six yards downfield per target across 60-something targets. Uh, 63 targets. The Dolphins logged 46 pressures on 63 attempts. Josh Allen was 8 of 17 beyond 10 yards down the field. The Dolphins sacked him four times, and they pressured him on 73% of his dropbacks. Dolphins won the football game. Kenny Pickett. 2.72 versus 2.77. Average depth of target of 6.9 yards. Uh, The Dolphins cooked him up. They had three interceptions on targets, 10 plus yards downfield. Uh, And Kenny Pickett was 4 of 12 on passing attempts further than 10 yards down the field. Air yards down the field. And Jacoby Brissett. Ready for this number? 80%. 35 pass attempts. 28 pressures, 4 out of every 5 dropbacks the Dolphins were in Jacoby Brissett's lap. They forced him to hold the ball for 2.88 seconds versus 2.91 on the season. Sacked him 3 times. There is a correlation with structurally how you play, what kind of access you give, and I do not think it is a coincidence that the Dolphins played a lot of man coverage against Jacoby Brissett. Now they played man against the 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 Bears too because they trusted their their guys could could blanket and cover the receivers. Well, they did, and then Justin Fields just happens to be a four four athlete that ran for 178 yards. Because Justin Fields, on average, held the ball for 2.37 seconds versus a season average that was over six. He got the ball out seven tenths of a second faster against the Dolphins than his season average. Think about that. So it was either quick or he was running. So I, I did not mean to go down that rabbit hole in the midst of this podcast, but I think it's important when you hear me say the Dolphins have the most talented defensive line in the NFL. It's from a quality of, of talent, and it's also from a depth perspective. And all of these questions that exist with the pass rush. I think it's worth acknowledging the opponents facing the Dolphins through 10 games are 44 of 105 on air yards attempts that go further than 10, 10 yards or further down the field. They're completing 42% of pass attempts that travel further than 10 yards in the air against the Dolphins. But inside of 10 yards, they are completing 79% of their pass attempts. You tell me. It's not a coincidence, but it's the life the Dolphins have chose to live because they've incurred injuries on the back end of, this, of the defense. You have to play more conservative. You have to let things be in front of you. And then the, the onus is on you to come up and tackle. Anyway, linebackers, uh, the Dolphins in the middle of the pack. They're sitting 14th. Uh, Jerome Baker, Elan Roberts, Duke Riley, Sam Mcglovin. The big upgrade was Duke Riley. I have him graded as an adequate level starter where he was quality depth before the season starts. Uh, so that moves the needle for the Dolphins a little bit. They check in 14th, so they're, they're a middle-of-the-pack linebacker core. Uh, you can, I, I can really sit here and envy the, the San Francisco 49ers and, and the Buffalo Bills and the, the New Orleans Saints and some really talented linebacker groups. The, the 49ers, Fred Warner, roster cornerstone elite player. Dre Greenlaw, Greenlaw is a quality starter. Oren Burks is an adequate starter. The Bills have a one-two punch of Edmonds and Milano that are cornerstone type players. Um, I think there's this is an area that that we will continue to revisit, especially as the the Dolphins, if, if they uh, embrace and adapt this style of of playing defense, um, more dynamic players, and we'll see what Channing Tyndall gives us down the stretch. Uh, but this is that's a that's a part of the roster that I, I kind of have my eye on and i am. Interested to see how it develops, and then you have the secondary. The secondary ranks twenty fourth out of thirty two teams in the NFL right now. They've lost a lot of bodies. They have. Um, Xavier Howard, Keon cater Kater Kohu graded at the time being as your, your top three corners. Kohu preferably plays inside, but I think he can play outside, and he's shown that the last couple of weeks. Um. Howard's a, a elite roster cornerstone Crosson is a quality depth player and Kohu's a rookie who graded out as an adequate starter. Uh, Javon Holland roster cornerstone, Eric Rowe, uh, an adequate level starter. Although we'll say the last two or three weeks, he has played his rear end off last two weeks. He's played his rear end off. He's, he's played really, really well the last couple of weeks for the Dolphins. That's one that, you know, if he, if he can kind of get back to form and proves he's back to form, that might give you some reinforcements. Uh, that could probably, I'm just looking at the numbers now. What X number of points? I won't say it out loud. Don't want to let you guys know how the sauce is made. It could push him around 18, 18, 19 versus 24 right now. So it could could get you closer to the the midpoint of, of the NFL for as far as the spectrum. Um, but this group's propped up by two cornerstones and Xavier Howard and, and Javon Holland right now. now. You got guys that are playing fairly well, especially versus what their expectations were. But Byron Jones is a, a quality starter who's on the PUP. You don't get any points for him because he's played all year. And Brandon Jones is on IR, so you don't get any points for him, even though he's a quality starter within his respective role in the defense as well. So you lost two quality starters, plus the other guys that the Dolphins have lost. Mackenzie Alexander would be quality depth. Uh, Of course, he's out of the picture now for the Dolphins, and and Trill Williams would have been an incomplete evaluation, but uh, you you fill those guys in up top here, and all of a sudden, this is a top-ten group, but it's not because this is where they've been hit with the injuries. Um, By the way, the Browns check in number two, Denzel Ward, roster cornerstone. Martin Emerson is a rookie. He's played well. Greg Newsom, a really good nickel corner, plays inside. John Johnson's a quality starter. Grant Delpitt's an adequate starter. Uh, So Tua just dropped drop what he dropped on a team that that is in the top three in the NFL in secondaries. So I hope this kind of paints a, a picture for you guys as, as far as where the Dolphins are at uh, across the league and all these positional groups on uh, there. The Dolphins are, are bottom, bottom eight in special teams right now. And, and that's really looking at three guys, more steads and a quality starter. Jason Sanders is an adequate starter. Uh, he was a quality starter before the season started. Um, Blake Ferguson's fine, and I haven't really designated anybody in the return role for the Dolphins just because it's been a revolving door. Um, but this Dolphins team, man, uh, the secondary has been the, the area from a talent perspective and an nutrition perspective that they've they've taken some hits. And I think the way that they chose to strategize and, and mitigate... Um, try to mitigate those losses by investing in other areas where they haven't committed so much money for the next couple of years. And we'll see what kind of long-term flexibility the dolphins can cook up after the season. But right now we got a, a season in front of us where you're, you're seven and three, you got the Texans coming out of the buy at home before you have the three game road trip. You get the chargers who rank in the top 10 at the midpoint of this project from a talent perspective. Again, this does not account for coaching or injury. It does account for injuries, but, not like, oh, he's questionable, and then he doesn't play on Sunday. It doesn't account for that kind of injury. But transactional moves that, that take you off the roster, it does account for. Um, doesn't account for bye weeks or rest or, or team culture and chemistry. It doesn't account for any of that. It's just how good is your roster? Dolphins are sitting fourth right now. Pretty well-rounded. Got a lot of players playing in the high level. But after the Texans, you got three teams that also sit in the top ten. The Bills, the Chargers, and the 49ers. Softens up a little bit after that. The Packers fell to, to 14th. Uh, the Patriots are 18th. And the Jets are 21st. Texans come in at 30th. So the test for Miami will be how they do the rest of the way, of course. You know, you're racist to 10 wins. You get 10 wins, you feel like you're going to punch your ticket to the postseason no matter what. And if you don't, especially this year, then I don't know. <laughs> um, but the Dolphins have p- positioned themselves very well from a wins-losses perspective, from a, a roster maneuverability perspective. A lot of the uh, waiver-wire maneuvers, the, the addition of a guy like Brandon Shell, is clutch for this football team. He's playing like an adequate starter right now. And the Dolphins are reaping the benefits as they're one of the team's Uh, There were only, from the start of the season till now, there were only nine teams whose score was better than when the season started. Only nine. Less than a third of the league. And the Dolphins are amidst that group, despite the injuries that they've pulled in in the secondary. Why not the Dolphins? Why not? I'll let you be the judge. Hope you guys enjoyed this exercise. Uh, We got... Two more shows this week. We're doing Powder the Pot on Friday. Make sure you guys get your questions in for the bye week. I'll keep an eye out for them. I've gotten plenty of them already. Looking forward to chatting with you guys again tomorrow. So fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. And thanks for listening.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason,